we have the post-game, uh, post-game, post-season games to cover real quick. Uh, eh, there might have been one or two at the end of the regular season I haven't covered. I don't remember. doesn't matter a whole lot uh, on those late regular season games. I don't think we covered the Packers and Patriots. Uh, bottom line on that one, pretty high-scoring game. A lot of defensive mistakes for those teams. Uh, the Patriots ended up winning a big factor in that one, Clinton Hamlin, who was very difficult for the Packers to defend, and they they didn't get it done very well there. Uh, I don't remember the final score. Uh, But then on to the playoffs, and one of the first games was the divisional round matchup between the Panthers and Packers, and this was a pretty good game. It was uh, very close, and... Very well played, very clean. Uh, if I remember right, uh, neither team punted in this game. And yet it was not a high-scoring game. So neither team punted uh, because there were long, methodical drives, a couple of turnovers on downs. Um, but uh, neither defense just flat-out stopped the other offense and, and made them punt. Uh, it was a 19-16 Panthers victory. Uh, started out with the Packers scoring on the opening possession and then missing their extra point. And then the uh, Panthers went and put 10 points on the board to make it 10-6. And then I believe the Packers got a field goal right before half to make it 10-9 at halftime. Uh, then the Panthers scored again later to make it 17-9. They went for two, I think. At some point in there, it seemed like they went for two. Maybe I'm not remembering correctly. Uh, but it, yeah, they did. They went for two and ended up being 16-9 to nine, uh, because they did not get the two-point conversion. So then the Packers went down and uh, scored a touchdown to tie it at 16 with quite a bit of time. I want to say three minutes, maybe three and a half minutes left in the fourth quarter. Uh, and with that much time left in the fourth quarter, the Panthers went down and burned all of it up and got inside the 10-yard line and uh, kicked to the game-winning field goal with no time left on the clock. Uh, So it was a really nice uh, fourth-quarter drive there by uh, by the Panthers to not give the ball back to the Packers and control it all the way down the field and get the win. So that was a good job by the Panthers. They went on and they won the AFC championship or the NFC championship game and went to the Super Bowl. Uh, in the divisional round for the Chiefs and Patriots, uh, turned out to be a 55-16 Chiefs victory. Uh, Chiefs were up 10 points at halftime. It was a kind of back-and-forth first half. Pretty much into the second quarter, the difference was a missed extra point by the Patriots. Uh, Lamar Thornhill ended up throwing seven interceptions and no touchdowns, so that really hurt the Patriots. Uh got into the second half, and their run defense collapsed to the tune of 288 yards. Uh, Chiefs really weren't doing anything special. They were just trying to run the ball to kill the clock and had four of those turn into touchdowns. Um, And that was kind of pretty much the game. The Patriots went to Hamlin a lot, and it didn't work out. some of the interceptions were on short passes. Some were trying to get deep throws to him. Uh, they had, I think, nine yards rushing, so they didn't try to run the ball at all. Um, 
they kind of seemed to panic a little bit once the lead got out past 10 points. Um, kind of one of the highlights of the game and probably a down point for the Patriots was they did force the Chiefs punt to start off the second half, uh, but they got pinned at the two-yard line and then Thornhill gave up a safety. And then that really kind of signaled the collapse of the game. Um, Chiefs tried to you know, use the shoe clock function to get the game over faster, but you know when you rip off a touchdown on one play and then immediately give the Patriots the ball back, it doesn't really work out that well when you're the one trying to kill the clock. And that was pretty much the ending of the game. Uh, it was kind of a nice revenge game for the Chiefs after they lost at home to the Patriots in the regular season. Um, they were only only gave up four sacks this time to the nine they gave up last time. Uh, Nixon ended up throwing for four touchdowns. Uh, the backup running back, because of injury, played a significant role, scored four rushing touchdowns and two receiving touchdowns. Uh, so offensively, Chiefs kind of bounced out a little bit between the run and pass. Um, and like I said, the Patriots kind of went back to their habit of going to Hamlin all the time, and this time it kind of came back to bite them. And that, that kind of sums up the game right there. So the last couple of games to cover uh, are the AFC Championship game and the Super Bowl. Got to be honest, I don't remember the AFC Championship game very well. I did watch it, though. Um, but I already don't remember. But anyway, uh, the Browns won 24-7 over the Chiefs. Um, pretty low-scoring game for a Browns game. Um, I think there were a lot of kind of long, ball-controlling type drives that kept the score down. And the Chiefs did a pretty good job on defense. Uh, just couldn't get over the top against that Browns defense themselves uh, to get enough points to keep it close. Um, looks like we had an interception and no touchdowns for Dylan Nixon. And then Adrian Gonzalez for the Browns had a touchdown and no interceptions. So better game for him than um, for the Chiefs. And then uh, looks like yeah, almost about 90 yards rushing for the Browns. Uh, and the Chiefs probably about 80, although half of that was quarterback scrambles looks like. Um, so anyway, yeah, sounds like a boring game. I don't remember it very well. So the Browns went to the Super Bowl and played against the Panthers. And this game, uh, i got to be honest, I didn't watch the fourth quarter because I watched the first three and Twitch was being kind of choppy for me. And and the game looked like it was well in hand uh, near the end of the third quarter, so I, I bailed on it. Um, and it looks like I missed a little bit. But what I did see was both teams being fairly conservative, uh, really hard to throw down the field in this game for either team. Both teams have good pass rushes, pretty good secondaries, uh, and rookie quarterbacks going against those defenses. So uh, it was a little tougher to get the ball down the field. So both teams were going on kind of longer methodical drives. Um, both teams running the ball quite a bit. I think the Browns probably ended up with a little bit better running game uh, by the end of the game. Um, so I believe it was 27-7 when I uh, stopped watching this game. Uh, the Browns were ahead. 
and they did end up winning 36 to 28. So the Panthers put three touchdowns on the board in the fourth quarter. Um, so it must have been a pretty exciting fourth quarter. I'm kind of sad I missed it. And if anybody uh, wants to call in with some uh, notes or reactions to the Super Bowl, that'd be great. And maybe educate me a little bit. Uh, looking at the stats, looks like <laughs> Jimmy Griffith had, that's the quarterback for the Panthers, had five interceptions uh, and three touchdowns. So there are three of the Panthers touchdowns. And where did the other one come from? Maybe it was a defensive touchdown. Uh, both teams had a couple of sacks. Uh, yeah, it looks like the Robert Massey is safety for the Panthers had a touchdown, so a pick six in there probably that probably got them back in the game when that happened. Uh, so anyway, another Super Bowl victory for the Browns, so congratulations to them. And um, that puts them well ahead of everybody else in the league. And it's time to cover the development traits. And uh, what's kind of become my custom in the last couple of seasons is when we cover the development traits at the end of the year, just also cover the awards because they're they're kind of linked together a little bit, I think. Um, so I'm just going to breeze through the awards real quick and then hit a couple of development traits uh, that I can remember at least. Uh, the NFL MVP, Lamar Thornhill, for the 14-1-1 Patriots. He's won that award a number of times the last couple of years, but the guy cannot get his team to the Super Bowl. So those awards got to be feeling a little bit hollow for Lamar Thornhill. Uh, coach of the year, the Patriots coach, because they went 14-1-1. And, and same story, probably feeling a little bit hollow. Setting that award on the mantle. With no Lombardi Trophy next to it, it's got to be a little sad. Yeah. Anyway, uh, AFC Offensive Player of the Year was Lamar Thornhill, followed by Adrian Gonzalez, uh, the rookie quarterback for the Browns. Defensive Player of the Year, Ace York for the Browns. Had a whole bunch of sacks, I think, this year, uh, followed by Elijah Warner for the Patriots. Offensive Rookie of the Year, no surprise, Adrian Gonzalez, quarterback for the Browns, followed by Dylan Nixon, quarterback for the Chiefs. Uh, Any other year, Dylan Nixon might have stood a pretty good chance of getting that award. Uh, Unfortunately, the Browns had a rookie quarterback this year. Defensive Rookie of the Year, Ralph Frederick, the corner for the Browns, who was the Heisman winner and drafted. Very uh, skilled guy. He won Defensive Rookie of the Year. Uh, Second place went to... Rayshon Roland, the linebacker for the Chiefs. And then third place and fourth place is uh, two Patriots players, Harmon McGriff and Javier Jackson. So a lot of good user team players in the AFC uh, being rookies there. Best quarterback was Thornhill, followed by Gonzalez. Uh, Best running back, we don't care. Best receiver, Antoine Trailer for the Browns. Uh, So I think he's still the Browns' third receiver. Their third receiver winning best receiver of the year. Uh, best offensive lineman, Caleb Stevens for the Patriots. And the first, one, two, three, four, uh, first nine uh, vote getters for best offensive lineman in the AFC are Patriots and Browns. Uh, all five of the Patriots O linemen are on that list. Defensive lineman of the year, Evan Griffey for the Browns. 
Second place, Devontae Swede for the Chiefs. That was a former Brown uh, getting second place there. Linebacker of the year, of course, Ace York. Uh, best DB, Jaron Abbott uh, for the Patriots. And nobody won kicker of the year for user teams. So going over to the NFC, tell me if you have heard this story before. Offensive player of the year, Phil Corcoran. Defensive player of the year, Julius Brackett. Uh, so that's the Packers quarterback and Panthers linebacker, who's one of the best pass rushers ever. Um, both winning those awards. I think this is, I don't know, I haven't looked it up, but I think it's five years in a row. Uh, that those two guys have won those two awards. So complete dominance uh, by those guys. Offensive Rookie of the Year, Jimmy Griffith, the quarterback for the Panthers, and uh, Jerome Burrell, the running back for the Packers, came in second. And uh, best quarterback, of course, was Corcoran. Uh, Deontay James was second place in best wide receiver. This is a receiver for the Packers. And uh, probably partially because of this, Deontay James became an X-Factor at the end of the year. He is a uh, double-me player, so he's going he's gonna to win uh, uh, contested catches and single coverage uh, more often when he's in the zone. Uh, so good news for the Packers there. And then Darren Crichton is on this list. He also became an X-Factor receiver. That's <clears throat> the third receiver for the Panthers. And I believe he got the double me uh, X-Factor as well. Uh, best, best offensive lineman, Jeremiah Sweeney, the center, longtime center for the Packers. I believe this was his 10th year. Um, and then all five of the Packers uh, linemen and one of the linemen that got hurt for them uh, all made this list. So um, good offensive line for the Packers. Khalil Key, the nose guard for the Packers, won best defensive lineman. Uh, he's a stud, and he's having a, a great career. Uh, of course, Julius Brackett won Best Linebacker of the Year. In second place, Phil Burrell, or Burrell, or Burrell, Burrell, Phil Burrell. Phil Burrell. Uh, he got second place. That's a, that's a Panthers linebacker on the opposite side of their defense. Uh, so the Panthers just continuing to be the best defensive team in this league. Uh, only got them to 9-7 this year, but did get them to the Super Bowl. And then uh, no user team won best DB or best kicker. So those are the uh, those are the awards won this year. And I did mention some of the development traits. Darren Crichton and Deontay James seemed like there was maybe another one, but I don't remember now if it was important or not so that might be all of the development traits at least at this time maybe people forgot to report some uh, when the season ended uh, but so things are kind of static right now actually as far as new exciting players now there were a bunch of big rookies this year uh, so those guys we can expect to see those guys kind of dominating the league uh, here in the near future so that should wrap up the 2038 season. So we have a listener question to answer. These are always fun. Uh, very, very serious question here. This comes to us from All I Do Is Win. Really? I thought it was Empire of Dumb. I'm pretty sure it's Empire of Dumb. That's probably a typo that I'm looking at right there. So this question comes to us from Empire of Dumb. 
from uh, the Discord. And Empire of Dumb asks, uh, if we were to start a new franchise on Madden 21 after a Christmas, what rules would need to be revisited and what rules would you want to add? Okay, interesting. Uh, pretty general question, and, and thanks for asking that question, Empire of Dumb. Um, I, I, I was thinking about this, and I wondered if there are things that could... I was trying to think of things that we could change, and I didn't know if a lot of those things could be changed. I don't know what a Madden 21 franchise would look like, although I'm going to assume it looks pretty much exactly the same. Um, in the thread, this question was asked. Somebody answered, all Madden uh, difficulty. And I completely agree with that. I think uh, the difficulty level of the franchise, including the gameplay and everything, uh, should be bumped up to all Madden. Um, because right now we have teams that when they play the computer, they win like 77 to 7. Um and maybe all Madden isn't really going to slow that down any, and that's fine if it doesn't. But I think everybody should have to step up their level of play a little bit. We have played a lot of Madden now. We've played like 20 years of this thing or something like that. Uh, so it's time to, you know, step up the the competition level and, you know, take on some challenges. So I, I completely agree. All Madden level, I think that's a must. Um see what else. Oh, as far as our league rules, um, I think they're pretty good. Um, just to review some of the basic ones, you play four user games during the regular season. Uh, you get to choose which ones you play. Unless you are playing against another user, then you must play those. Uh, you also must twitch it if you are able. Um, no more than five trades per year meaning from the time that the draft is over to the time the next draft begins, you can do no more than five trades during that time. I think that's a good rule. If we were to change it in any way, I think we should bring that number down, not up, but I'm okay with keeping it where it is. Um, and then unlimited trading allowed during the draft. Um, I'm okay okay with that too. I, I want to say you're not allowed to ask for the draft to be paused to make a trade, but then again, I, it, it's not real realistic to do that because if you just let the draft roll, uh, then the computer picks players once every like 10 seconds. Uh, so you don't get a lot of time to go work the phones for your trades. Um, but if anybody has any ideas on how to make that uh, a little more interesting or a little better. That'd be interesting to hear. Uh, and then no more than 10 picks per draft and no more than two picks in any given round. I think I continue to think that's a very good rule. I don't want to see that changed any, but again, if we were to change that, I think we should go in the direction of making it more restrictive, not less. So maybe you're not allowed to have two first round picks, but you can have uh, two picks in any other round, you know, maybe we head in that direction. Uh, but again, as I've said, I, I pretty much like it right where it is. I do think um, the times when certain teams get two top ten picks 
that tends to have a really big impact. Um, so if we wanted to curb that a little bit, we might look at it. But I'm pretty good with those rules the way they are. Um, a couple of things that would be interesting to see is would we want to try uh, owner mode? And I haven't done owner mode on the new Madden, um, so I don't know what it's like. I wouldn't want the actual competitive elements of the game to change in any way, uh, but that could give some of us, when we're sitting there waiting uh, for the week to be advanced or something like that, could give us something to do. We can go change our concession stand prices or something like that. It could add a few more elements that people might enjoy. If there are a bunch of elements that you absolutely have to do uh, in owner mode that really have a big impact on your team, I could see that not being very fun. So uh, that would that would be what I would have against doing owner mode. But I think it would kind of be fun to consider that a little bit. Uh, and lastly, I thought I've had a little bit uh, that I'd like to see what people think of, is I think when we do do a new franchise... Um, and everybody gets to select which team they're going to be. Uh, I think the, the uh, picking order for picking our teams should go in order of who has the highest legacy score at the end of this current franchise. Um, just a thought I'm throwing out there. I, it seems, seems like a good idea to me, you know. It, the people who get the higher legacy score, man, they earned it. And let them pick first. Um, but maybe some people will be against that. I don't know. I like that idea quite a bit. Um, one other thing, and I know we've already talked about this and we don't really have a solution, but it would be nice to have an even number of people uh, so we could have the same number in the AFC and the NFC and even things out. I, I don't know. I don't know if we have any prospects for doing that, but... I think it would be good to do. Um, and I think that's that's all I have on my mind right now and, and all I was able to think of before I answered this question. Uh, but it is a good question, and I'd like to hear listener feedback on it. Uh, what do our listeners think? Send it to the podcast, and then we'll uh, broadcast it to all our great listeners out there. And if and when we do uh, start a new franchise, in particular a franchise on Madden 21, where maybe some things will be different, maybe they won't, uh, I will be sure to have the commissioner onto the show, or I'll, I'll at least try to have the commissioner onto the show, uh, so that we can just reiterate all our league rules and go over what may be new and just have him lay everything out for us. Uh, that's the whole reason to have a podcast like this. Um, so we'll use it to disseminate the information. Um, that's going to be the podcast for today. Again, as I said, uh, any feedback on a new franchise, uh, let's, let's hear it. Let's get it out there. Let's have that conversation. Everyone, have a good night or morning or whatever time of day you're listening. Welcome to the podcast. On today's podcast, we will wrap up the 2038 season. Uh, we'll cover the postseason games, the Super Bowl, uh, some of the development traits at the end of the year, the uh, end of year awards, and then we have a, a great listener question that we will 
cover and uh, hopefully maybe generate some more listener feedback.